Well, good morning. So glad that each and every one of you are here this morning. Uh, while you're winding down conversations, I'm going to pray. Feel free to stop those conversations or not. I won't tell you what to do, but I'm going to pray just real quick for us. Lord, we come to you right now. We thank you for this morning. I ask God that you give us open ears and receptive hearts to the message uh, that you would have for us this morning. Uh, use me as a mouthpiece. Take me out of this equation, God, and uh, just give us a blessing from your word today. And these things we pray. For these things we pray. Amen. So, uh, Grandpa's trying to razz me up, asked me who Patrick Mahomes was. I informed him that it was God's favorite football player. So uh, just wanted him to be clear about that. You know, I have, believe it or not, I'm, I'm a young guy. I'm 29. I think I'm young. I don't always feel young. Sometimes I feel pretty old uh, and out of shape, pretty rusty. But uh, I've been doing ministry now for about 10, 11 years, uh, so 18 years old, and uh, did a lot of student ministry. And one of the things that uh, comes with working with students over a long period of time, uh, one of my favorite things about it is seeing them change, seeing them move from one spot in life to another and all the twists and turns that come with that. Uh, it has definitely been one of my favorite parts of ministry. And now that uh, I'm teaching, uh, it's becoming one of my favorite parts of teaching. Even from last year to this year, I see such great changes in my students, in their thought processes, in their maturity levels, in their way that they go about life. Uh, and it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, and hopefully the change that we see over time is growth right? And, and having things change so often, it keeps things from getting stagnant. And that's pretty fantastic. Uh, like I said, seeing a student mature over time, watching them gain knowledge that they didn't previously have, um, and starting to understand themselves and how they fit in the world, it's just a really, really cool experience. And as I started thinking about this this week, this, kind of, this thought kind of came up in my head because I was thinking about our Christian walk with Jesus, right? Our Christian walk with God. And, and that walk should mimic the same thing that we see in our students. From milk to meat, right? We should be going through this maturation process where we start out as Christians, as these little baby Christians, and it doesn't matter which age you become a Christian, but we all kind of start at the same place of, of understanding who God is supposed to be to us and accepting Jesus as our Savior and, and realizing that we're sinners and realizing that we need change and difference. But we start at a very immature place. And as time goes by, we're supposed to mature. We're supposed to become stronger Christians. We're supposed to grow in our knowledge and in our maturation in the way that we view ourselves in the world and how we fit. And, uh, you know, I think that progress and, and, and continual growth should be our goal. Uh, to continually be more like Christ is something that is extremely important. And it's my belief that your church should be the focal point for that growth. At the very center of your growth should be your church. And that's why I want Cross Point Fellowship to be a place of growth. I want us to be a church that grows. I want to see us move from immaturity to maturity. I want us to grow in knowledge. I want us to uh, become more like Christ every day, no matter where we are in our walk with Jesus. And so today we're going to be looking at a couple different passages. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, I don't know if you guys use that. I use it a lot. We have a live event in there. It'll have all the points on the screen and the scriptures you can follow along with. Otherwise, those things will be up there. So uh, buckle up and hold on and we'll see what God has for us today. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. 
Through these, he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities, here's the important part, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so there it is. If we obtain these things in increasing measure, it keeps us on the right path, right? It keeps us in line with God and what God wants for our lives. And the first thing I need us all to know is this, that growth takes effort. Growth takes effort. We can't expect to become mature, knowledgeable Christians just because time passes. It'd be like me throwing on a pair of running shoes and expecting to get physically fit. Just doesn't happen, okay? It just doesn't. And so we can't think that, well, I'm a Christian and a lot of time goes by. And so as the time goes by, I, I'm just going to naturally mature. There will just be this process. And, and that doesn't happen without us taking real tangible steps to place ourselves in a place where we can grow. And so we're going to talk about some real things that we can do as people, as a church that will help us grow and become the type of Christians that God wants us to be. And ultimately be a church that grows accordingly. The first thing is this, okay? I'm going to just tell you right now. I'm going to challenge some of you. Some of you guys are going to feel a little uncomfortable. You're going to squirm in your seats a little bit. First thing I need you to know, none of it's personal. None of it's personal. This is what I see in the Word. This is what I find to be vitally important. It's as important for me as it is for you. I fail in some of these same areas. So if you feel like, man, he's speaking at me or he's picking on me, know that I'm not. You're just feeling conviction, all right? That's how that rolls. So first things first, attendance. Be at church. Be at church. Join a small group. Attendance. Be at church. Join a small group. Make church a priority. Make church a priority. Amen. I love it. Already getting me. Right? Make church a priority. You hear me? Make church a priority. Don't let church be the thing that you miss to do the other things you want to do. Make church the thing that you're missing other things for. Still love me? Hope so. It's going to get worse. Okay, you need to be here every time the doors open if you can be. Now, pastor, is it ever okay to miss? Sure. Okay, if you're deathly ill, don't come. Okay, if you can't walk, I get it. Okay, if you're on vacation, vacate. All right, there, there are reasons and times to miss. Sometimes a mental health day is a perfectly good reason not to come to church. Now, mental health day shouldn't be every other Sunday. Okay. And guess what? You're tired. You're tired all the time. Come. You can fall asleep with the three others that usually fall asleep during my sermon. It'll be just fine. Okay. I still want you here. I still want you here. Be here no matter what. Okay. If you can be here, you should be here. That's the beginning. That's the end of it. You can argue with me, but you'll be wrong. I love you. I love you. I love you. Can we still be Christians and not come to church? You sure can. Just not a very biblical sound one. You don't like it? Test the Bible, not me. Or test me and I'll show you the Bible. Okay? Just what it is. It's just what it is. I understand too. Listen, this is not an attack. Okay? Sometimes we have to work. You have to work. I get that. You have to work on a Sunday. That's the, that's, you have a job. Job requires you to be there. You have a family to take care of. You have bills to pay. I get it. 
Go to work. There's a reason why we put our sermons up online. Okay? You can view it at your desk if you're at a desk as it's going, or you can look at it later, or you can listen to a podcast while you're going on a walk or doing something. There's a reason why we give you other avenues to hear the message and to to be a part of the congregation. Okay? Because we understand, honestly, that sometimes you just can't help it. But sometimes you tell yourself, I just can't help it, and you can't. Stop that. Love you. Promise. Love you. I, I don't know if it feels this way, but I'm not a big guilt tripper, right? I'm not the person that like tracks down attendance every week and then uh, is calling you or tracking you down at work and being like, you weren't at church Sunday. What's your reason? Okay? Not that person. Won't do that. Okay, and like I said, I think it's okay to miss sometimes. Sometimes it is. I have days built in where I get to miss every year too, okay? Sometimes you need a day off, right? Church is a lot of times like a second job. And if you have two jobs, like a third job. I understand that there's a lot that goes into it, but I'm just saying that if if we don't see this as the most important thing that we're supposed to be doing, then our priorities are a little out of whack. They're just a little skewed. Why should you be here? Can, can I be? That's the argument here all the time. I can be a good Christian and not go to church. Eh. You can be a good Christian. Yeah, you can, you can be in your word and you can be prayerful. But, but God calls us to meet, right? Paul tells us in Scripture not to neglect meeting together. And there's some very real reasons why. The first is this. This is where all of us can be guaranteed to hear the word. This is where all of us can be guaranteed to hear the word. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and it is active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to, the, even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Now there's an entire sermon series full of other reasons why you should attend church, but I think this is a vital one. I think this is a vital one. If we're being honest, if you would be honest with me, I'm not asking for a show of hands, but if you're being honest, There are so many of you out there that would raise your hand and say, the only time I hear scripture throughout the week is at church. If you're being honest, much of my life has been that same way. I have been open and honest about the fact that I feel like God called me to be a pastor because that's probably the avenue I would be down, right? I come to church, I feel good about it. I hear the scripture, I'm like, yay. And then I go throughout my week and I don't really open the Bible again until I'm back the next week. And if if we're being honest, that's a lot of us. Okay, that's a lot of us. So it's important that if that's us, that we're here to hear it. It's important that that if that is for schedule, for whatever reason, okay, if that's us, we gotta be here. Gotta be here, gotta hear the word. It's not just about reading the word though, okay? Because anybody can read a word. I see this with my kids all the time. I have a lot of kids that that I, I work with that can read and read pretty high level materials but cannot comprehend a single thing. They can tell you what every word says but then you ask them right after, so what did that mean? No idea. Or they just repeat the sentence back to you, right? Comprehension just really isn't there. It's not just about reading the word. It's about understanding it. It's about taking meaning from it and being able to apply that to our lives. We need to study the word. We need to study the word and we need to do it together. We need to do it together and we need to do it with regularity, okay? We need to do it together. We need to do it with regularity. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Growth happens when you're challenged. Growth happens when you're forced to bend. Growth happens when you're broken. Growth happens when you're at the bottom of the hill, so to speak. You need to be challenged. You need to be around other points of thought, other points of view, 
people asking different questions. There is so much benefit to having a different perspective looking at the same question that you just cannot possibly gain if you are not in church and you are not in a small group or you're not in some kind of biblical conversation on a regular basis. It is an absolute positive necessity. You need that. You need that community to hold you accountable, to stretch you, to help you grow, to question your thought process so that you can weigh the worth of your ideas, so that you can really come to a concrete foundation and understanding of this is what I believe and this is why I believe it. And being able to apologize, not say sorry, but defend your way of thought. That is a vital aspect of church. A vital aspect of church. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We're sharpened by others. We're sharpened by others. We're equipped to live the mature Christian life that we should desire based on the instruction that we get from the word. We have to study the Bible. We have to study the Bible. If we aren't spending time in the word with fellow believers, then we aren't opening ourselves up to these challenges. Okay? Come to church. Go to small group. Start a small group. Start a group text. Do a weekly breakfast. Have a regular family dinner where you decide, hey, I'm going to discuss, we're going to discuss these things. Break my sermon down. Tear it apart. You want the notes? I'll send them to you. Okay? Discuss, build, stretch, grow. I will be honest. I have been, at the beginning of this year, the end of last year, I have been really kind of introspective, thinking about what do I need to do to be a better pastor. And guys, there are a lot of things. My first year being a pastor, I failed in a lot of ways. I had some successes. I made sure to give myself credit for those. But if I'm being honest, and I think we all need to be this way at times, I had a lot of failures. I had a lot of areas where I wasn't good enough. For my own personal um, comfort level and just for what the church needs. And one of the areas I feel like I have failed us is not directing us clearly enough and growing together spiritually. Okay? And in one of the ways that I think that we need to do that is by studying the word together as a church. How awesome would it be if every single one of us were looking at the same passage? How awesome would it be if every single one of us was asking the same questions and bringing our own unique perspective to those questions? How awesome would it be if in unity we were growing from the same place and having God talk to us in many of the same ways? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Wouldn't that be fantastic? That pumps me up. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I don't, want, I just, I don't just want to talk about it. I want to do something real about it. Okay? And one of the ways that we're going to do that is by using small groups. Is by using small groups. Now, if you're not in a small group, do I still want you to participate? You're right, I do. You're right, I do. So what are we going to do as a church to help with this? I want to do four studies this year. Six week, eight week, ten week. Okay? I want to do four studies this year where we're all as a church in the same book, reading the same scriptures, asking the same questions, being forced to think about the same things. 
So that, hey, maybe we can come here on Sunday morning and we can have a discussion. What did you think about this? Or what did you think about that? Or Tell me what you got from, from that scripture. What lesson did God teach you? Right? So that we can do everything I just talked about. So we can grow in community and be one in the word. I'm already on the lookout, trying to find them. It may require you to fork over a couple bucks to get a book. Okay? I can't guarantee church funds to pay for them. If you absolutely can't afford it, tell me in private. I'll make sure you get a book. Okay? But it, it's going to take a little bit of sacrifice. It's going to take a little bend for us to, to, to do some of this stuff. But I want to be in the same book. I, I want to, again, just be of one mind on the same focus. I think that that helps our church grow. You know, as pastors, a lot of times, I'm going to tell you one of my faults, and it's a fault I think every pastor has. Sometimes uh, we look too much at physical numerical growth, right? Well, we must be doing good because our church grew by 40. Our church grew by 50. And I think that that is a decent barometer to look at growth. It, it is. But we focus too heavily on that. What cool new thing can I do to get people in the door, right? But that's not how growth Healthy growth occurs. Healthy growth occurs when a church is growing spiritually. Okay? Wake up, you three. When the church is growing spiritually together and allowing that spiritual growth to impact the world around them. And then when people see that, they want to know, what's this about? What's this change I see in that person? And, and, and I got to know more. And then they want to be a part of it and they want to come grow too. That's how growth happens. And do I want Crosspoint to explode and be a church of however many God wants us to be a part of? Yes. But most importantly, right now, it's important that we, whoever's here, is growing spiritually and becoming more like Christ every single day. Every single day. So I'm asking you as your pastor, as your friend, hopefully you see me as a friend, as your friend, that when these studies get introduced and when we go up, that, that you dig in and you dive in and you say, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fork over the 6 to $12, however much the book costs, and, and I'm going to study the word with everyone so we, we can all be looking at it. It's going to take time out of your week. Not a lot, but you're going to have to read and answer questions and read scriptures and come together and discuss. But man, wouldn't it be great if we just had a biblical community where we were all just growing I think so. I think so. I just think it's really beneficial for us to do this as a collective. I love this church. I love every person that's in here today, whether I met you for the first time today or I've known you for a couple years or even longer. Some of you knew me when I was a snotty-faced teenager and middle schooler. I, I mean that. I can say that with all honesty. I love you, and I want what's best for you. At the end of the day, I would not be saying these things if I didn't truly, in my heart, feel like this was what it was, like this was what was best for you and for me, because I need all of it too. I need all of it too. So let's be a church. Let's be a church that loves. Let's be a church that acts. Let's be a church that grows. Next week, we're going to be talking about being a church that prays, being a church that prays, strengthening our ability to pray, both in private and collectively. Okay, because 
talked about how love is that key ingredient. Well, hey, without prayer, we don't have a bowl to mix it all in, so to speak, right? Uh, Prayer is kind of that glue that holds everything together. It's the inspiration behind all the other stuff because we're getting God involved with the decisions that we're making and the things that we're doing and the vision for our church. So we need to be a church that prays. So don't miss next week, okay? Don't miss next week. If you missed any of the other previous two weeks, I beg you to go back and listen to them. I think they're 20 minutes, 21 minutes. You're on a treadmill, turn it on. You're on a drive home from work, don't watch the video, but listen to the audio, okay? (laughs) Nobody die over account of my sermon. But if you didn't hear those two weeks, I would implore you to go listen. Whether you're coming back to Crosspoint ever again, just I think that they're that important for us as Christians, okay? Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this word. I thank you for the challenge. It was a challenge to me this week as well. I feel that uh, it's necessary, God, and I pray that people felt challenged from a place of love, from a place of uh, just wanting what was best for them and not because I'm here to make them feel bad or feel guilty or any other option that could possibly be out there. Lord, we just want to become more like you every single day, and I want to be a congregation that that loves, that acts, that, that grows, and that prays, and, and God, it all starts... Um, with just taking real steps, not just talking about it, but doing something about it. And so, uh, Lord, as we take these steps, hold me accountable. Help others uh, to be there to hold me accountable, to do the things I say that we're going to do and, and to make sure that we're staying on top of everything that you have laid on my heart because uh, I find it to be vitally important, uh, not just for Crosspoint Fellowship, but for Christians as, as a whole. And so, God, take us, make us yours, mold us, make Crosspoint everything that it can be in everything that you want it to be. We put our faith and our trust and our hope in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.